Tonight we continue a new series that we are calling Everyone Always. Everybody say, Everyone Always. Always. Now, what better time to kick off a series where we talk about our relationships with other people than on Valentine's Day? How many of you are excited about Valentine's Day? How many of you hate Valentine's Day? You're like, this is a stupid holiday. Most of you single people. That's okay. Just don't, don't overcomplicate your life with relationships until you really feel like you need to because it just gets super complicated until you find like the right person and then it's so easy and totally worth it. And I love my wife very much. Don't make that sound, don't, don't twist my words. Some of you, I know where you're going. So anyway, Valentine's Day. Now Valentine's Day is an interesting day because some people love this day and some people hate this day. If you love this day, say yeah. yeah. <laughs> the one guy. One of the most important things we will ever have to learn in life is our relationships. I don't just mean relationships like romantic relationships. That's a series for another February. We ain't talking about that today. What we are talking about is how we deal with people. Unless you become some sort of weird, crazy hermit that lives up in the mountains and talks to no one but like yourself, you don't have to, you're going to have to deal with other people. And even then, you got to deal with yourself, which kind of becomes its own relationship in a while. How we relate and interact with ourselves, with God, and with other people are a constant challenge in our lives. No matter who you are or where you go, there will always be a constant, or as the series is called, everyone, always. You go to school, you go home, if you get a job and you go there, if you're stuck in traffic, you go to Walmart, everyone, always. And even if you happen to be by yourself, you probably got enough thoughts going through your mind, keeping you busy, that it feels like people are talking to you. Everyone will always be there. And there are a few things that apply to our interaction with everyone always that we need to be aware of. So each week of this series, for the next three weeks, we're going to look at a different aspect of everyone always. So it may, be, it may be a little bit different, but it'll all deal with people. This week, we're going to talk about this right here. It should be on the screen. It's love everyone always. Everybody say love, love. everyone always. You didn't have to repeat that, but that's okay. Thank you. Love everyone always. It's Valentine's Day. Of course we're going to talk about love. Love everyone always. Now, if you've been in church for any amount of time, you've probably heard something to the effect that you should love people, love God, love is a very common word. The scripture that we want to start off with, that you've probably heard some form of at some point, whether it was in the nursery and you saying Jesus loves me or in the kids' classes or whatever, you've probably heard some form of this verse. It's in the book of Matthew, chapter 22. Jesus is talking in this, this chapter here, and this is the way it goes. It's on the screen if you want to follow along. It says, one of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him, that's Jesus, with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Right? Yeah. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Now, that is a pretty common verse around church world. You've probably heard those two things. What you don't know necessarily, or maybe you don't know, is that that was a huge thing for those people at that time. Because 
the people that he's talking to are the Jewish people, and at that time they had hundreds, if not thousands of laws that made up their book of the law, the, the, the law of Moses that they're referring to. So they had all these guidelines, all these specific how to do this, how to do that, rules to live by. You ever feel like, maybe if you've been in church a amount of time, or maybe you haven't been in church at all, but you think church is this way, you ever think that church is just a bunch of things that you can't do? I mean, be honest, I don't know how many people will raise their hand for that one, but that's kind of how sometimes we feel. We're like, man, all church people want to do is tell me the things I can't do, or tell me how to act, or tell how me how to behave. Jesus himself says in this one simple verse, forget all of that stuff, everything everything comes down to these two things, love God and love others. Jesus is saying very simply in these two verses, love everyone always. And there's three relationships that he mentions in that verse, three different uh, ways that we relate that, and that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight. But before we can talk about who uh, the relationships he's talking about, who we have to love, we have to first Talk, we have to first talk a little bit about what he means when he says love, because that's kind of a broad word. You can be like, I love hot Cheetos, right? Anybody love some hot Cheetos? Or maybe you love chocolate covered strawberries, or you love Netflix. Like, there's lots of things in life that we're like, I love that, you know? And it, there's even memes now, like, I love you like I love naps. You know what I mean? Like, that's a big deal. If you really love naps, that's a big deal, you know? But so, so it's important for us to take a word, to define and, and, and figure out what it is Jesus is talking about when he says love, because it could be applied so many ways. Right, Brandon? Yeah, good. Brandon says so, so we're going to go on. So here's the deal. Jesus is, is talking, he's teaching, and he's teaching about love, and he actually breaks this down in John chapter 15. He says it like this. It's on the screen. Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Everybody go, oh, like that's such a friendship, like let's hold hands and exchange bracelets kind of verse. Like greater love, has, I would give my life for you. Like I just, man, I would, or, or like maybe you, you guys are too young to like ever have a relationship, but like one day when you get older, like and you're 35 and you start to date, you're going to be like, man, I love her so much. Guys, I know you're going to be like that. Guys are going to be like, I love her so much. <laughs> Wait, guys, wait, guys. You're going to be like in that stupid kind of love where you're like, man, I love her so much I'd die for her. I would. I'd take a bullet. You calm down. It's a, it's a really like feel good, warm fuzzies kind of a, a, a verse. The problem is I've, we oftentimes misinterpret what it is Jesus is saying here. To break this down a little bit, you got to look at the different parts of this verse. Leave that verse up there for me, Ruth. Uh, first, he says, greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life. So that word love, what he's saying there is not just affection. It's not just, I care about you. That word love there literally means to make your first or top priority and to build everything. It's the foundation that everything that you believe is built on. So when he's saying the way you love people, he's not saying the way you show affection for it, that's part of it, but he's saying, no, the way you, you build your entire life around something is to do this. And when he says there, lay down, he's not talking about die. Like, 
I mean, it, that's, that's a very, very like small part of, of what he's saying. That word to lay down one's life there, that phrase means to willingly choose submission or servitude because you value that thing. To willingly choose, you don't have to clap. I'm pausing because if, you, if, if that's not hard for you, then you didn't hear me. He's saying to, to love another person or to love God is to willingly choose to serve them. And, and when he says one's life here, he's not talking about your, your life as in, like, if you lay down your life, I would choose to die. He's talking about your active life, your soul, which Scripture defines as your thoughts, your preferences, your opinions, your desires. So he's saying the way you show love to one another in this, in this verse is not just to say, man, I'd die. I, I would die for you. That's how much I care about you. That's awesome. What he's really saying is, will you live your life for that person? Will you submit and serve one another? Will you value one another like God values us? That's hard because he's not just talking, and we're going to find this out here in just a second. He's not just talking about the people you like. We'll get to that in a second. So the first relationship that he mentions in this verse, and it's on the screen, relationship number one, God. Everybody say God. Carmen, say God. Good. God. Verse 37 says, and we read it just a second ago, but I'm going to come back to it. Verse 37 says, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Now, we just talked about what love means there. It means to make your first priority. So he's saying, the first and most important thing you got to do in your life, if you want to try and live this life with Christ, is you got to make God your priority. The first priority and the only priority through which everything else is built on. Now, breaking this down further, he says, your heart, soul, and your mind. Your heart is your purpose, your why. It's why you do what you do. So he's saying you got to love God with your purpose. The reason you do what you do needs to be built on God. Not built on acceptance, not built on success, not built on some other person, built on God. Your soul in this verse, he's talking about your choices, your time. Your, 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 if you want to say that you love God, your soul, your, your choices, your time needs to be built on that. And your mind, obviously, is your thinking. See, often this is the easy part of the verse. I feel like I grew up as a church kid, and, and I, I talked to a lot of you guys, and I feel like this is the part of the verse where we're like, oh, yeah, of course. Love God with all our heart, soul, and mind. Yeah, I do that. I love God. No, we oftentimes, we, we like God. We're, we're okay with God. But do we really love God as he defines it here? So if you're not sure if that's you or not, ask yourself a couple things, all right? Just, just think for a second. Ask yourself these questions. Why do I do what I do? You don't have to say them out loud. Say them internally. Why do I do what I do? Is it because my parents make me? Is it because, you don't have to answer out loud. We'll be here all night. Is it because I want people to like me? Is it because I have to because I don't want to disappoint? Is it because I want to prove something to someone? Second question, what do you spend most of your time doing? And third question, what do you spend most of your time thinking about? If the answer to any of those questions is not God-centered, 
then we're missing it. Then that, oh, that's easy. Yeah, of course I love God. Not like he's talking about. Now, that's hard. Some of you, like, you're like, man, I'm done. I don't even know what to say to that. And, and you know, I get that. That's tough. If, if I had to answer those questions, I would have to ask myself honestly. I'm writing this, this earlier, and I'm like, okay, how would I answer these questions? Okay, well, why do I do what I do? Now, I feel strongly that most of what I do is centered on you guys. I'm a youth pastor, so a lot of my time and effort and energy is doing that, is pastoring youth, which is cool because that's what I want to do. That's what I feel called to do. So I could go, okay, so is, what do I, why do I do what I do? Well, because I feel like God has called me to do this. That's, that's God-centered. Okay, go me. Not 100% of the time, most of the time, all right, I'm good, all right? Why do I spend, what do I spend most of my time doing? Well, most of my time is here at the church, so uh, I'm good, I'm, I'm doing that, all right? Check, most of the time I'm doing, I'm here at the church doing ministry, or I'm at home spending time with my family, which is kind of a ministry too. It is, not kind of, it is. Um, or three, I said, what do you spend most of your time thinking about? Well, you guys. I know. Isn't that sweet? Mostly how I'm going to deal with some of y'all. Like, it's not, it's not all that sweet. But most of the time I am. I'm thinking about how do I make this better? How do I better help you guys? How do I do this? That's what a lot of the time is spent. Now, before you go thinking, man, PK's got it all together, notice I said most. He says all. I said most. So I'm not there yet. I, I'm, none of us maybe ever be, but my goal is to close the gap on where I'm at and where he says we need to be. So you have to ask those questions in your own life. What's my motivation every day? Why do I do the things I do? Why do I say the things I say? Why do I think about what I think about? Is it because it's centered on God or is it because it's centered on something else? The first relationship you gotta get right is with God. Second relationship, everybody say number two. Good. Relationship number two, it's on the screen. Ourself, everybody say self. Self. Everybody say self. Verse 39. We read it just a second ago. It says, love others as well as you love yourself. Now, that's not that difficult, except that there's a problem. Some of us don't love ourselves very much. When he says, love others as you love yourself, and you're like, I do, but you don't like yourself very much, and so you don't like people very much. Now, that's kind of goofy in a way, but think about it this way. A lot of the times when I deal with, with students or I have people that are coming to me and they're like, man, I just, I'm, th- that person, I don't know, I don't get it. They're just so angry. They're just so upset. They're just so bitter. They're mean. And I don't know why. A lot of times it's not because they're mean because they don't like people. Deep down it's because they have issues with themselves. They don't accept themselves. They don't love themselves. They don't like themselves. Whatever it may be. And people project that or they treat others as they treat themselves. You following me? See, when we are unhappy or angry or bitter or whatever, and we treat others sometimes as a way to lash out, it really just stems from how we feel about ourselves. That word in that verse there, love, means to hold value or wish well for, to prioritize like we talked about earlier. So then you got to ask yourself, okay, in order to treat others or love others like he says I'm supposed to, do I love myself? Do I value myself? Do I wish well for myself, good things for myself? Sometimes we can get this incorrect mindset 
through a lot of different ways that we don't deserve good things, that we don't deserve success, that we don't deserve to be happy. And not everybody feels that way, but some people do. And some of you in this room, I, I'm sure do. I know you do. I've talked to you. Somewhere along the way, somebody told you that you weren't good enough, that you don't deserve to be happy or to be content or whatever. Or maybe you felt like you did something that, that cost you that, that you're not worth anything anymore because of choices that you made or stupid things you did. And we get this mindset that we're not, we're not valuable anymore. We don't love ourselves at the, at the root of it. And that's not only wrong, but dangerous, because not only will that change how you see yourself, but it will filter into every relationship you have. John chapter 15, um, Jesus is talking again. There's a lot of Jesus talk. That's good. It says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, and we come back to it here in verse 12. Love each other as I have loved you. That's a lot of words, and some of you are confused, but basically what he's saying is, as God loves Jesus, that's how Jesus loves us. And as Jesus loves us, that's how we're supposed to love another, uh, one another and ourselves. If you don't value yourself like Jesus values you, and like God values Jesus, then you have an incorrect perception of yourself. It's it's slightly off. It's like you're, the lens is dirty. You're not seeing things clearly. And not only will it affect the way you see you, but like we talked about, it'll affect the way you love others. So do you love yourself? Do you think you're valuable? You've got to ask yourself those questions and answer honestly. Because sometimes, even we, sometimes we even lie to ourselves about it. But all we're really doing is just slowly backing away ruining every relationship we have. And we, it, oftentimes, the older we get, the older people get, they, they don't understand why all these relationships they have just failed. Well, they haven't dealt with their relationship with themselves first. The example I wrote down, which is kind of funny, is like, it, my kids make art all the time. So when they're bored or when they're at home or just because it's like a Tuesday, they just decide to draw and color, and they will make pictures, Dash and Kay, they love to do this. And they'll bring it to us, and they worked hard. Now, I look at it, and I see a bunch of scribbles. It's Carrington's lucky if she gets it all on the paper. Most of the time, it's on the table and the couch, and there's marker, and we got to wash it. it. What if, think about this, what if Carrington brings me this picture, and she's like, Dad, look, which she normally does, and she's super excited. And I was like, that's not good. Like... I mean, I think you were trying to draw a cat, but it looks like spaghetti, and your scribbling is just god-awful. I would be a terrible parent, right? Like, that would be awful. I'd be a terrible parent because I just completely ripped apart what she worked hard on. This is, this is her thing, and, and oftentimes she'll bring it to us, and she's like, I want you to have this. And if I was like, no, that, I cannot accept that terrible, awful thing that you put so much work into. That would make me a terrible parent, right? Right? Okay, as stupid as that is, God says that is exactly the way it is when we treat ourselves badly. God is like, look, I gave you a life, I gave you talent and personality and all these great things, 
And by you tearing it apart, you're ripping apart the thing I gave to you. You following me on this? Everybody go, ah, yeah. We have, the short version is we have to learn to value ourselves like Jesus does. And that takes us to relationship number three. And this is where we're going to wrap up. Number three, relationship with others. Verse 39 said, and the secondly, he's talking about the second commandment is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that leads us to the question, who's our neighbor? And without getting too much into it, it was big for them at this moment. Because up until this point, in the Old Testament, it said, love your neighbor as yourself. And the way the divine neighbor was just people that were Israelites, that were fellow, like your, your people. You don't have to love everybody else as yourself, just your people. Just the people you like. Jesus in the New Testament flips it and defines neighbor as everyone. He's telling them everyone is your neighbor and you should love them. And then he backs it up with a story that you've probably all heard and that's the story of the Good Samaritan. And he tells this story about how these two people from opposed countries, enemies, bitter rivals, how one of them cares for the other one with with this love and this compassion, and he relates that to them, and that's how we're supposed to treat people. The point of all of that is that your neighbor is everyone, even the person you're completely opposed to. And this is where it gets tough. This is where a lot of us check out, because we want to say things like, well, you don't know what, what he, or he, he or she said, did, to me, to my friend, like, he said some crazy stuff, like he's been starting some stuff. Man, that dude, he, he made me look stupid. He wanted to fight, right? As soon as I said, you gotta, you gotta love everybody, you gotta care about everybody, oftentimes there's people that were like, yeah, but I don't, what about, what about that one? What about this dude? Think of the person that you can't stand, that if, I mean, we're not supposed to hate, but if you hated somebody, think of that person. And that's the very person Jesus says, you gotta love. And remember how we define love? You gotta serve them, care about them, value them the way God values them. Like I said, this is where most people check out. See, it's easy to love the people we like, the people we care about, the people we're best friends with or in a relationship with. It's easy to love those people. Sometimes more than others, but most of the time it's easy to love those people. Why? Because we like them. It's not easy to love the people that curse you, that hate you, that don't like you, that do stupid things to get on your nerves. We choose to stop right there. But in choosing to stop right there and not follow that commandment, we've basically told Jesus, I don't want what you're saying. That's a dangerous place to be. So you have to ask yourself, am I willing to lay down my life? Am I willing to love, to serve, to prioritize everyone in my life, even the person I hate most? That's what Jesus is asking of us. And here's where we close. Stand up. And band, if you guys want to get in place. Quietly, please. Here's where I want to close this out, because in order to love ourselves, in order to love God, in order to love each other, we have to first start 
with forgiveness. Because many times, love can't truly be free, can't truly be between two people, between us and God, between us and ourselves, because there's stuff in between. There's junk, there's clutter, there's all this, there's issues. And we got to get that out of the way. Sometimes we haven't forgiven God for something that we thought he did. Sometimes we can't love God. Our relationship with God's not great because we're still holding things against God. We're like, God, but I want to I have a good relationship with you, but what about this? Or what about that? God didn't cause that. And it's time we forgave him for whatever it is that you're holding against him. Sometimes we haven't forgiven ourselves for things that we did. Our own worst enemy is ourselves sometimes. And so you got to ask yourself, do I need to forgive me? Sometimes we need to ask God to forgive us for hating someone else. Sometimes we go out of our way to be rude or to, to ignore, to cause drama for people we don't like because, well, we just don't like them. you got to start with asking for God to forgive you for that. And sometimes we just need to forgive that person for what they did to us. Yeah, they did it. They said it. They're guilty. So what? We got to forgive them. And some people in the room I know right now are like, yeah, that sounds great. I can do that. Let's start now. But most of us in this room are thinking, that's great. Yeah, PK, absolutely. Are we done yet? Because I don't want to deal with this. Whatever the case, you have to start with forgiveness. And you have to choose to love everyone, always. Everyone, always. Say everyone, always. Yeah. Everyone. God, you don't have to keep repeating me. You're good. You have to choose to love God. You have to choose to love yourself, and you have to choose to love others. So with it, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And band, if y'all want to play a little something or make this a little less awkward silence. Not you, Josh. <laughs> close your eyes. It's not a, not a holiness thing. You don't get closer to God closing your eyes. It just helps you to ignore the person next to you because some of you are easily distracted. easily distracted and this may be the only moment in the week that you stop and have a moment to talk to God so take advantage of it with heads bowed and eyes closed ask yourself all those questions I know you probably can't remember them all but I'm sure something stuck out to you I don't know where you're at some of you I do and I know we're in a variety of different places some of you are good you're like man I, I do I love God I try to live my life right cool. Some of you, maybe you have a good relationship with God. You have a pretty good relationship or concept of who you are, but you've got some hate in your lives. You've got some people in your life that you cannot stand and there's unforgiveness and there's bitterness and it's causing problems. Is it going to be easy? No, it's not. It's not easy to love everybody. Some people are hard to love. I think even Jesus would say that. There are some people that take a little more effort to love. You know who they are. That doesn't mean they're not worthy of it. 
can you do that? So with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing a little bit. And I hope through this time of worship, you're able to process what God is saying to you tonight. Because the truth is, like I said earlier, nobody's perfect at this. We all have things we got to deal with. So if you're standing there and you're like, I'm good, you're lying to somebody. And it's probably yourself. God, we thank you for tonight, Lord. God, on behalf of everyone in this room, Lord, I ask that you would forgive us. Now, in a minute, people will ask personally, God, but as a group, God, we ask that, I ask that you would forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for the times where we put other things before you. We, we loved other things in our lives more than we loved you. Forgive us for the times that we took the gift that you give us, our, our lives, our, our ability to live and breathe and experience this place. God, sometimes we take that and we trash it. God, forgive us for those times. Help us to, to take better care, to, to value higher the gift that you've given us. And God, forgive us for times where we've treated others badly, where we haven't loved. In fact, we've opposite. We've hated others. We've caused problems intentionally for others. God, forgive us.